This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Chris Treadway. He's the CEO of a company called Polygraph Media and founder. He's a Facebook marketing partner in ad technology, and he was previously group product manager at WebStrategy at Microsoft in Redmond and was also a co-founder of Stratford. He now lives in Austin with his wife, Kim, and daughter, Margaret. Okay, Chris, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Okay, good. So tell us about Polygraph. You go from Microsoft to Polygraph. What's the difference and what are you working on today? Yeah, so uh, we actually started as an analytics business, data, big data analytics around social data about six years ago or so. And we, uh, we built this fantastic, I think, analytics system that mined tons and tons of data out of the social graph, took it out to clients, and they told us it was nice. But what they really wanted us to do with that is give them uh, things that could help them optimize their advertising with it and, and really boost what they were doing with their ad spending. And so we took all those assets, built some ad technology around it, and uh, now we're a very happy uh, Facebook ad tech partner. And uh, we've serviced uh, a lot of uh, large companies, helping them with local advertising campaigns at scale. And is your revenue model, is it a, is it a SaaS model or a percentage of spend model? What do you like to focus on? Yeah, it's percentage of spend right now simply because that's how we make the most money. But uh, we are moving to a SaaS model right now with uh, a lot of what we've learned. So, you know, we've run probably about, I would say, in excess of 40,000 ad camp- individual ad campaigns. There are smaller campaigns, but we've learned a ton from that, learned a ton from the data. And so we've sort of been in the labs figuring out what the right product is to build out of that. And that's what's coming out here at the end of January. Why build a product at all? Why not keep doing just the percentage of spend model? Uh, I think that the th- there's some weird incentives between you know when you're an ad tech company and you're between brands and the agencies. I think some things ca- are unnecessary can be unnecessarily difficult. And then the other side of this too is just there's so many agencies out there and so many software companies out there that I think that we just think that you know we want to service the types of clients that want to handle some of their own problems a little more than than just always have to be completely involved in it. So, I mean, is that all? also a trend you're seeing folks moving stuff in the house and you're going, man, to stay relevant, we better systematize what we've learned and package that in a SaaS product. Absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, you know, agencies are very much under fire right now. Brands are getting smarter. The reality is everybody needs to squeeze as much profit as they can out of the deals, you know, out of their businesses. And so they're looking for inefficiencies. And I think some, you know, a lot of the agency world has not exactly moved forward uh, as quickly as some of the brands have and MarTech companies have. And so now I think there's a real opportunity for companies to bring things in-house. And we are seeing that increasingly. Interesting. Now, in terms of what you've built, uh, what year did you launch the company? So we were launched in 2010 as an analytics business, and then we relaunched as an ad tech company in 2013. So we're the, really seeing our growth there. The analytics business, though, is that also a percentage of spend? 
That was a SaaS. That was a pure play SaaS business. Okay. Now, did you just shut that off or did you sell it, kind of spin it out or what? No, we, we decided to wrap it into the ad product completely because we felt like those assets were better used to optimize advertising. What size was it at this point? I mean, were you doing a hundred grand a month, a million a month, 10 grand a month? For the analytics side? When it was pure SaaS. Yeah, it wasn't. It was less than a hundred grand a month. Okay, it was. It. it was not. It was not taking off. I mean, I think the ad tech side has been a much more gainful thing for us, and it's been a better application. You know, because because you can't. I, I think in this, you know, you you platforms are nice to build. They're nice to talk about. There's a lot of theoretical uh, potential in them, but but I think that you really have to find the thing that you do better than everybody else and just go all in there. And that's that's really what that what that pivot, what meant for us back at that time. So you went away from SaaS then, but now you have a renewed comfort, you know, confidence in SaaS because you're moving back to that. Why? Yeah. Uh, I just think we can service a lot of people, uh, you know, with a very specific set of problems. So where, where we focused, we are, uh, as, as you mentioned earlier, Facebook ad tech partners, but we're focused on local at scale. And so when companies want to run $300 a month campaigns across, say, 1,000 locations or 500 locations, it's too complicated to, to, to actually engage in that. There's a lot of problems with it. The native tools don't support it very well. So that's a real niche and a real opportunity that's a very specific problem with a very specific set of uh, customers. And, and then there's needs there that are unserved currently. And so a lot of brands right now just do an antiseptic campaign nationwide or internationally. They don't take advantage of what you know people in a local market might care about or might think about. And so we've built a scale platform for that life cycle. And, and so you know what we really kind of did is went back to the drawing board work very closely with a lot of customers and found a niche that we think we can own that we also think is defensible. And so, so that's why we're sort of back going back towards the SaaS side. And over the past 12 months, what kind of total volume have you processed across these campaigns? I guess they call it TPV in your space. Yeah. I mean, I would say we've done 15,000 individual executions in the last 12 months. And so what does that mean though? So it, it's a maybe what would be termed a micro campaign. So uh, we would sp- we'll spend as little as one hundred fifty dollars at a time on a campaign, all the way up. I mean, we have some clients that spend ten, fifteen thousand dollars on a very specific localized campaign, depending on the radius and all the things they're trying to do, and duration, and all the t- the time, and what we're testing. We're, we can test creative and interests and all the different types of targeting criteria Facebook allows. And so, uh, but. So, so 15,000 individual micro campaigns across our clients. And, and when we see the data on our side, we were able to put that in, in business intelligence, which we, and, and we do tagging around it and so on. We can see a lot of really interesting things in the data about how the spend is trending, what's working, what's not working. We sort of have what we term an unfair advantage powered by data analytics when we, when we see what's happening. And again, over, again across those 15,000 things over the past year, what, what was that representative of in terms of total volume, dollars, dollar-wise? Uh, I, I, I would say in the ballpark of $10 million in ad spend, something, something to that effect. Okay, that makes sense. And the 15,000 campaigns represent, and how many clients is that across? You working with 10 folks, 100 folks, 1,000 folks? 
Yeah, we have about a dozen clients and they're, you know, sometimes they'll turn off for three weeks and turn back on. Uh, that's another thing about the SaaS side of this is that we, because it's a percentage of ad spend, you know, sometimes things can be a little seasonal. Like right now over the holidays, oddly our advertisers, most of which are retailers, they're doing local things. They're starting to peel back now because they don't want to compete with e-com. They don't want to compete with other types of advertisers that go in, you know, really hard during the holiday season. You know, they'll turn back on first week of January. I think we have one we work with that's uh, a local chain of uh, uh, personal fitness. Uh, it's a personal fitness franchise. And so they're a big advertiser. They kick off really hard December 26th. Well, why is that? You know, it's New resolutions. resolutions. We want a six pack, baby. <laughs> that's right. So, All right. You know, so, so it, it's, it's seasonal. And so with SAS, obviously you can make it a little less seasonal. CRMs might be the tool that I fight with the most. I just haven't found one that I really liked. I don't know if you guys are the same way, but they're just so tricky. And a while ago, I had a guy named John Lee on my show. He's the CEO of ProsperWorks. And he told me they just passed 40,000 customers and 24 million in annual revenue. So they're doing about $286,000 in revenue per employee. And I said, wow, why is this working? And I said, you know what? I'm going to try it. So I went to prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM, signed up, and it immediately became clear why it worked. Those of you that love growth hacking, you should go to that link just to see how they do the onboarding. That's prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. In short, it's like magic. You know, I'm not the guy that, you know, finishes the sales call and then takes the time to actually put data into the CRM. They have this magical way of just doing it. And it's a beautiful thing. So every morning when I wake up, I just go, okay, what leads are ProsperWorks telling me to reach out to because they're most likely to close and it works so well. And you guys know I love money and I love only focusing on the leads that are gonna close. So I encourage you to try ProsperWorks or sponsoring the show. Check them out at prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. Folks, that's again prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. What's your model? I mean, everyone kind of has, you know, some people call it the, the ad tech tax. And sometimes it's as high as 75 cents on the dollar in terms of, you know, percent of spend. Sometimes it's as low as under a percent. We had Bill Wise on with MediaOcean recently. And it was really low because they're doing billions in volume. What are you at? Yeah, so we're about a 10%. Okay. It, it varies based on client and if we're getting more involved in some other ways. Now, on the Google side, the numbers are lower, right? Facebook, because Facebook's so complicated, there's you know thousands and thousands of targeting permutations available, millions of targeting permutations available. So there, there's a lot more complexity with that than Google. Google's also a little more mature. So what you see is over time, the fee drops because there's more entrance in the market and people solve some of the basic problems. And so we anticipate that with Facebook also. But right now, we're we're about about ten percent, but when we release SaaS, it won't be ten percent. It'll be less than that because we'll have less touch. Yeah. So with the SaaS, though, I mean, it'll be a fixed rate, not a percentage of spend model, right? Yeah. It it it, it should be. It'll be metered in some way to accommodate. I see how much volume we're doing. If though, you're spending right? zero to ten thousand a month, it's right. thirty bucks a month, three whatever. That's right. Got that's it. right. So it's no. fair to say that over the past twelve months, if you've processed about ten million bucks in you know spend and you're around ten percent, it's fair to say you've done about a million bucks in revenue over the past year. Uh, it's a little different. It, it's it's in the ballpark. I mean, it it there's there's some things on the strategy side that we will do that will might bump that up a little bit, but more, more high touch business. kind of professional consulting stuff. Yeah, and and that's just it. Like you know, 
if you're building attribution models, right, if you're proving revenue, if you're proving lift for these clients, it takes a little more. So sometimes we'll get involved in the data science side. We'll pull in their revenue when it's a good trust relationship. You know, we'll pull in revenue, store traffic. We'll pull in numbers from them and then line it up with all the different things they're doing on the advertising side or demand generation side and then build out a model where we can prove some percentage of revenue. And so we're, we can prove about half, half of the revenue that a lot of our, our clients get when we have that level of data how do you resist the urge to like go in and build your own business in that space you're doing you know how to you have the channel basically you know the spend just go make the product and do it yourself well that's definitely occurred to us right i mean i think that we know how to turn how to make clients engage and buy from you and in no matter what the business i mean that's sort of to an extent what we do so there's definitely a business model question we're facing right now we're having some discussions about some of that about whether or not we should own the equity you know, for the entities. Chris's personal training gym coming to an Austin corner near you soon, right? Well, that's the key on a lot of these businesses, right? Like if you know (laughs) how to bring them in. That's it. Then, then, then you, you own like the key component of that business, right? I mean, look, this is Amazon, right? They can look at what sells best and then you know what they do? They go create the Amazon basics brand of the sheet that's doing well created by, you know, somebody else. Then that's how it works. No question. And so with Facebook and Google being a duopoly, I think when we have better coverage of Google, we have a little bit of coverage of Google now. We have more coverage of Google, Facebook plus Google. You're covering a lot of the landscape of how demand is generated online. Uh, That becomes a much more compelling thing. And I will tell you, we've had that. I mean, it's funny you bring that up because we've actually had a lot of discussions lately around that. Yeah, I mean, that that occurred to me with this show. People are coming on and emailing saying, we got so many new customers. I'm going, wait a second, should I have equity? and some of these people coming on and we, you know, I've started to sure. do that with some people and it works really, really well and they're very happy about it. Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. What's your team size today? We have 10, 10, 10. people on the team. And All in we Austin? Have a few more flex. No, they're in different places. We have someone in Dallas. We have someone in Atlanta. Um, we have, most of the team is in Austin. But, and you're liking this yeah. more than Microsoft? Oh gosh, yes. I mean... <laughs> It's did my you, thing, you know, yeah. versus, versus did, someone else's thing. Did right? you ever work back in the day with Satya or no? Uh, I had, I know of him. I didn't. I interacted actually more with Balmer than I did with uh, with Satya. You know, yeah. so uh, uh, the, the, it was an interesting. Microsoft's an interesting place. You yeah, know, no, it, I it listen. Bad. As, the, as, as people say, the bomber video I've stuck in my head is him releasing the phone, dancing around on stage like a maniac with Bill in the background <laughs> going like, is this really who I just picked to run this company? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, hey, listen, developers, developers, develop. at least he's got energy, right? It's very enthusiastic. Yes. Very enthusiastic. Yes. There's, Even, that, there's good things about that. I call it like <laughs> cringeworthy enthusiasm because I'm cringing yeah. as I'm watching the enthusiasm. But okay. absolutely. <laughs> All right, Chris, absolutely. let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's the last book you read? You know, it's funny. I don't have time to read books. It's terrible as that sounds. I listen to podcasts in the car. Um, I listen to books on tape sometimes. I mean, what was the last one? Do you remember? It's been a little while, but the Freakonomics book. Yep. Yep. um, You know, but I I found some of it a little simplistic. Um, Yeah. Number number two is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Well, I think Satya is rather fascinating, but, uh, you know, Mark Benioff with Salesforce, I think is just a a guy to emulate. No question about that. Um, you know, you have to appreciate Elon Musk, despite, you know, the criticisms about taking government subsidies and this and that. I mean, anybody who can excite people is really interesting to me right now. Absolutely. Yep. Number three, what's your favorite online tool? Uh, my favorite online tool. 
Ooh. I mean, a Power BI. I, I live in Microsoft's Power BI. I nope. mean, I, I'm, I'm a data geek. Number, yeah, the Power BI, we'll get that down. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, solid six, but that's it. That's Maybe good. Maybe five, five and a half to six. All right, and which situation, married? Uh, sorry, Chris, married, single, you have kiddos? <laughs> I'm married. I have a, f- a girl that just turned five today. Did I say her name right in the bio? Is it Margot? Margot. Margo. Oh, it's Margot. The T's silent. Yeah, Silent T. She's fantastic. And She's how, great. And how old are you, Chris? Uh, I'm 43. Last question. Take us back 23 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? <sighs> what do I wish my 20-year-old self knew? Uh, I should have gone for it sooner. You know, we were a few years into Stratfor, and it was a great experience and a fascinating experience. It's a fascinating company. But we had a few opportunities in 99 to go build something, and I had an opportunity to move to San Francisco, and I didn't. And I think you know, you have to go to Hollywood if you're an actor and you've got to go to Silicon Valley if you're a startup guy or gal. There you guys so. have it from Chris. Go for it sooner. He launched Polygraph Media past 12 months. He's helped clients, about uh, 12 of them, process over $10 million of their spend in highly local ways. A lot, a lot of different ad sets, low spend, but a lot of variability because it's all over the place. That's the value he's bringing in. They also, and he takes about 10% to spend, so about a million bucks in revenue, actually a little more than that because he does professional consulting, really to help drive attribution so his clients know he's helping them make money. They're looking at the SaaS model. They're going to power that SaaS model with data they know works from all the spend they're doing. And that'll be available. I imagine there'll be a self-serve model there. So look out for that. Chris, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan.